Good morning, people of God. Oh, what a beautiful morning the Lord has given us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So blessed to have you all with us in worship this morning, both here and online. Uh, We will be having Holy Communion, so hopefully you received your communion kits as you walked in. If you didn't, raise your hand. And for those of you at home, I invite you to grab some bread and some wine or juice following our time of confession. A number of announcements this morning. First off, for all of you uh, graduates, either of high school or college, or you moms and dads, uh, we would love to share that you are graduating. So if you would be so kind as to uh, you know, send us a PDF picture or photo of uh, either one of your you know, senior photos or whatever, uh, along with a little description of like what your plans are moving forward, whether you're sticking around or going off, That'd be awesome. We would love to share that and celebrate that with our church family. Second, uh, this last weekend we had our Synod Assembly. And so uh, we gathered together as pastors and lay people across the metro Detroit area and re-elected our current bishop, Bishop Don Chris, for another six-year term. So that was exciting. He has been, uh, at least for me, a very calm presence in all that has been going on in the life of the church. I mean, he really did help us get through, you know, all the pandemic reality that we experienced. And uh, what a blessing to have him continue his ministries with us. Three, today we are celebrating having another uh, 12 families join our congregation, which is exciting. Uh, some of those people will be here at our first service and... Uh, after our, our middle song, if you will, I'll have them come up front, introduce, them, uh, introduce themselves, and then we'll welcome them into our family of faith. Fourth, uh, June 11th, I want you to put that on your calendars now. That Sunday morning at the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have uh, praise outdoors. We're going to get outside these walls, literally. And uh, so we'll have the 930 service still inside. So especially if it's a hot one, plan on that. Uh, but we'll be moving outdoors under the tents uh, following, the, I think, and then also having an ice cream social. So there's ice cream too, good stuff. Uh, finally, I'm going to invite Scott to come forward and share with us uh, a wonderful opportunity that our God's Work Our Hands team is working on. Take it away. Thank you. Good morning, all. Um, my name is Scott Thiem again, and uh, talking to you a little bit uh, this morning from our God's Hand, God's Work, Our Hands group. And first wanted to say um, thank you. Last month we did the collection of books for Children's Hospital, and we uh, delivered to them almost 400 books, which was really great. So um, very, very well appreciated. I know um, Kathy and Linda said when they were dropping off that uh, – as the people from the hospital were unloading and going through stuff, they were already saying, oh, this would be a great book for this kid and this kid. And so they were very excited about, you know, being able to use those in in what they're doing there at the Children's Hospital. So um, the other quick thing was um, just to let you know that if you go on the King of Kings website, the little squares below, the, the God's Work Our Hands button um, actually works now and takes us to a website where we have been trying to... Uh, Keep it up to date. So if you're not sure what's going on each month, you know, we've got a little blurb right at the beginning about, uh, you know, what collection or activity or anything we've got going on. So uh, if you've got questions, um, check that out. 
Uh, it's also got an email address on it that we check on a regular basis, so if you have questions or suggestions, uh, feel free to use that as well. Uh, what I wanted to talk about this morning was a new thing that we're planning on doing. Um, go to the first slide. Um, so we're talking about uh, EVA. And so what it is is a crowdfunded um, microloan uh, source here um, that does things th to help people as a force for good. So they partner with different institutions and nonprofits and that to distribute loans um, across the world, and they do all the administrative work so that we don't have to. Uh, next slide, please. And so, you know, why do we do that? You know, why are they involved? Um, so there are more than 1.7 billion people around the world that are unbanked, and so they don't have access to financial services. Then Kiva is a, uh, it's an international uh, nonprofit, 501c3, was founded uh, almost 20 years ago in San Francisco, and its mission is to help expand financial access to unserved communities and help them thrive. And so, you know, part of that, um, when you're looking at what the impact of that is, is when Kiva Loan enables somebody to grow a business, you know, it creates opportunities, you know, not only for themselves, but for other people as well. So it kind of creates that ripple effect, you know, through the communities. And also, you know, kind of that similarity to that uh, terrible proverb about uh, teaching someone to fish. So instead of just, you know, giving them a fish, you're, you're giving them the ability to create something that's going to keep uh, keep them going and feeding them for more times. So how does it work? Yeah. So the, the way that things work, you know, it's a kind of a complicated process, um, and that's part of the reason why we wanted to talk about it a little bit ahead of time so that people would have some familiarity with it and the ability to talk and uh, ask some questions later. Um, so someone who's interested applies for a loan with one of Kiva's uh, lending partners, and like I say, they work with about you know, 20 or so uh, different groups. Um, they get checked out, and then they're approved, and they get ready to crowdfund. So it's kind of like, you know, I think of uh, the Facebook, um, you know, GoFundMe kind of things, you know. Um, but this is a loan and not a, a donation. And so you lend a little bit, you know, so they may need $400 to do whatever it is that they're doing. You know, if you've got 25 and you've got 25 and you've got 25, eventually, you know, they get that $400, and it's a small input on everybody else's part. So, you know, you may only be able to do a little bit, but by adding your little bit, you're, you're actually doing a lot. And so when that full amount gets covered, um, the borrower receives the loan. And so as the borrower starts to earn more money from whatever it is that they're doing to enhance their business, um, they start sending payments back to the lending institutions, and the lending institutions in turn distribute those funds back to the people who loaned them. So it goes back into this account you've got with Kiva. And right now the borrowers currently have a 96.4% return rate in terms of paybacks on their loans, which is really very good. You know, and so as the money comes back into your account, you can then in turn lend that out again to someone else. So it just keeps going in a circle. So that same, you know, $25 might, you know, 
fund over the course of a few years, you know, a half a dozen different loans, you know, to help people out. So uh, next slide. They, they do... Um, they never take uh, an administrative type fee from their lenders, so 100% of the funds that you lend um, go to support the loans. They do have um, operating costs like any charity, so it's about 18% of the loan. And they cover that you know, primarily through the generosity of the lenders. So as you're doing, let's say, a $100 loan, you could choose to also donate another $18 to cover those administrative fees. Um, don't have to do that. You can just do the $100 that goes, you know, straight to the loans. Um, they also get their costs covered from grants, donations, from a lot of different, you know, partner companies um, and things like that. So uh, some of the numbers over the years, like I say, it's been close to 25 years. They're working in 80 countries. You know, they've dealt with uh, 4.5 million different borrowers, over 2 million lenders, Almost $2 billion, and again, that 96.4% uh, repayment uh, rate, which is, again, like I say, really quite high and very good. So, you know, there are many different categories um, that we can choose from. You can see those up on the slide there. I won't read them all off, but it really covers a wide variety of things. You know, so there are some that are, you know, just in all kinds of different countries across the world, and there are some that are, are U.S. only as well. So um, it just depends on what types of things you're interested in and what you're, you know, would like to help fund. Uh, next couple slides, we've got a couple examples. A little bit harder to see, but, you know, this first one here, um, you know, Jimmy's looking for a loan of $850. You know, he has a coffee beanery farm and he's looking to expand into other types of uh, crops. So looking for $850 to help buy the seedlings for this new crop, and then you know he'd be hiring more people to help plant and manage and, and do all that. So you know, in this case, you know, he had, and this is you know a fairly older one, but you know, out of the 850, it said you know he had $240 left to go. So people had funded you know $610, and once that 850 is all together, then they would pass that along to him. The next one, um, this is Amy. She's down in New Orleans, um, and she's looking for a loan of 13000 She's got a women-owned massage practice. Um, she's looking to buy some new equipment, expand, hire more people. You know, hers uh, was fairly new, um, you know, and she still had, you know, close to $10,000 left to go on that, but, you know, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of these on the site. So there's a lot of things to look through. Um, and in some cases, like you can maybe see a little bit at the very bottom of that one, um, there was a, a matching from another company. So it's like if you lend 25, they match that 25. So you know, th those opportunities are out there as well. Uh, next step, uh, Pastor Dave just talked a little bit about uh, Sunday. We would have that out outdoor service and the ice cream social and so what we're looking to do is any of the proceeds from the ice cream social would go into an account that we would set up with Kiva that would uh, allow us to make some of these loans. 
And then that would be in June, so sometime in July, because it takes a little while. We've got to work with our bookkeeper to set up, you know, the accounts and all that kind of stuff. Um, we'll provide some kind of a voting method for the congregation so that we can pick amongst us um, what categories we might want to uh, help support. So uh, I've been told that um, some of the individuals, like those two examples I have, have probably been fully funded and are, are gone already. So things move fairly quickly, so you don't necessarily have the opportunity to, you know, you, you've got to fund something when you see it or it might be gone. So we'll probably look at just, you know, what categories we might want to work through um, and be able to, as a congregation, decide where, where we want to support with those funds. And the last slide um, just talks a little bit more about the follow-up. Um, so uh, Kiva sends periodic emails um, back to when the funds have been repaid, so you kind of know what your account balances are at all times, and then you're able to take that money at whatever you know, point you want to um, and reinvest it in another loan if you want. So um, we'll use the God's Work Our Hands group to kind of help the congregation through that process of making additional loans um, so that we're just continuing to cycle that money through more and more people. And at any point we decide we don't want to be involved with that, we can just refund that account and take our money back and put it back into some other you know, effort within the church. So, And one of the things that we talked a little bit about was, you know, if it's successful and we like what we're doing, um, Maybe we would have some kind of an annual fundraiser that we would just keep adding to that account. So over time, we would continue to grow that and fund even more loans. So again, a little bit more complicated, a little bit different than some of the other things we've done. So we figured it was a good idea to get up and tell you a little bit about it before we got started. Um, I've got some handouts on the table outside uh, of the slide deck. So if you're interested in you know, picking that up, reading some more about it, thinking about it, um, they're out there, or you know, feel free. I'll be here after service and and the next to uh, answer any questions that people might have as well. All right, thank you. Thank you. So the long short of it is, it's a great opportunity to make a difference in people's lives, and it's really you know cost effective because we can keep using that same money to make a bigger impact. Amen. Amen. With that said, I invite you to stand as you are able. Greet the neighbors you have around you. Share the peace of the Lord. Let us pray. O oh God of glory, Your Son, Jesus Christ, suffered for us and ascended to your right hand. Unite us with Christ and each other in suffering and in joy that all the world might be drawn into your bountiful presence. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. And all of God's people say, Amen. Please be seated. Well, sisters, brothers, dear ones, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So it only seems right that this being the last Sunday of the season of Easter, that if I were to yell out, Christ is risen, 
He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And in case you weren't used to that, I'll say it one more time. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. We have been on this journey since Easter with the risen Christ, both uh, after the resurrection and the last couple of weeks have brought us back into before his death. But all of these important lessons for us to learn on this journey that we are on together. Uh, today's Bible reading brings us, or continues us really, uh, uh, on that night we call Monday Thursday. We're in John chapter 17. I invite you to follow along on the screen, starting in verse 1. At this point, Jesus is in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he shares this prayer. After Jesus had spoken these words, he looked up to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your Son so that the Son may glorify you, since you have given him authority over all people to give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. So now, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had in your presence before the world existed. I have made your name known to those whom you gave me from the world. They were yours, and you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they know that everything you have given me is from you. For the words that you gave to me I have given to them, and they've received them and know in truth that I came from you, and they've believed that you sent me. I'm asking this on their behalf. I'm not asking on behalf of the world, but on behalf of those whom you gave me, because they are yours, all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I have been glorified in them. And now I'm no longer in the world, but they are in the world, and I'm coming to you. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you have given me, so that they may be one as we are one. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So when I first read our Bible reading for this morning, uh, a number of themes came screaming at me. As I have taught you in the past, uh, anytime that you read any piece of Scripture, it's always good to see what words are popping up more than once. In this instance, the word glory or glorify come five times in the very first five verses. So you think that's an important theme that Jesus is getting across, that everything that he had done and was doing was all about giving glory to God. So we could preach on that. We could have a sermon on that, about all that we do and how important that is to bring glory to God. But not today. Another theme that screamed at me off of this page is that we too could use the words that Jesus uses here to help us understand prayer. All of chapter 17 is really about Jesus praying to God. And so we, a lot of times, ask ourselves, you know, how do you pray? I really don't know how to pray. I don't pray so well. Well, Jesus gives us a pretty darn good example. Okay? He begins by making it all about God. God, this feels like a pretty huge moment. Let this be for your glory. 
Let whatever I do bring you honor and draw people closer to you. You see how he starts there? God, let this be about you. He then continues to say, you know, I'm asking this on behalf of the people that you've given me. He lifts up those around around him. He continues that prayer by saying, hey God, these people that you've put in my life, protect them. Watch over them. Love them as I have come to love them. So for John to write this prayer down, I mean, it's a whole chapter of a prayer here. It was obviously very important, and someday I'll preach more about it, but it's not today. For today, however, for whatever reason, this time as I read John chapter 17, I felt the need to take a step back and kind of take a broader look at everything that was going on here to see this moment for what it really was. Like I said, this entire chapter, this incredible moment of love and prayer was what I like to call an interlude. Have you heard that word before, interlude? Nod your heads. Okay, for those of you not nodding your heads, an interlude, so glad you asked. An interlude is a period of waiting or transition. It's like a big pause. Maybe even like the eye of a storm where everything kind of goes calm, if only just for a moment. There's been stuff going on. There's, you know, there's more stuff coming up. But in that in-between, there's a space, a calm, a, a deep breath that I call an interlude. And for this moment in the book of John, It's the space between all that Jesus had been up to until now. Three years of ministry, healing, teaching, preaching, uh, uh, calling, disrupting, all of that. And what he's about to be doing. Okay, again, this day that we are reading from is Maundy Thursday. And it begins when Jesus triumphantly enters into Jerusalem and they go and find an upper room. And in that upper room, he washes their feet. He tells them about how important it is to serve and love one another. He gives them their last meal together. And then he goes to pray. And in this prayer, this moment of John 17, it's this intimate moment. And obviously this night was important to John because John takes 25% of the entire book to talk about Maundy Thursday. This is part of that. From John 13 all the way to John 18 is all about this moment. And so this little interlude is intense and it's important This long prayer was intended to help the disciples of Jesus be prepared for what their lives were going to look like when he wasn't around. And so on the brink of crossing over into this threshold of being Jesus' students to being Jesus' messengers in the world, we get this prayer. And Jesus prays for them to prepare them for the adventure they're about to be on. And this reading reminded me that in the Bible, folks don't just get a break or a vacation or a time off for its own sake. But rather this moment is an interlude, a time of preparation, a pause for refreshment and renewal before the invitation to walk across another threshold, to start a new adventure 
to cross a boundary into unfamiliar but nevertheless God-beloved territory. At this moment, the disciples have no idea what's about to happen. I mean, Jesus has told them he's about to be put to death. But in the midst of that, they don't know what their lives are going to look like. Everything is up and it's really unfamiliar. But they do know two things, that Jesus is preparing them for what's about to come. And two, as we talked about last week, he's sending them an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to walk with them with whatever is going to be coming up. All of which got me thinking about this weekend, this next weekend that we have, that we call Memorial Day, right? And yes, I'm going to be talking about Memorial Weekend before Memorial Weekend. Because it's good for us to to acknowledge what's about to happen. It feels like we have come to care more about this day being a day off. An extended weekend, a better time to get away, to head up to the cabin. We've got three days instead of just two. Let's make it, you know, take advantage of it. Memorial Day officially declared a national holiday in 1971. But dating and practice back shortly after the Civil War is a time to remember and honor those who have died in service to our country. It too is an interlude, a space and a time to allow the stories about the sacrifices of actual people to remind us how awful war is, to inspire us to honor their memory by by dedicating ourselves to peace with the hope that someday others won't have to make that same sacrifice. And if this is what Memorial Day was meant to be, then it shouldn't be merely just a break or a time to get to the cabin or a long weekend, but also a time to be renewed and to once again regain that sense of gratitude for those who have served our country, for the freedoms that we enjoy, but also a time to renew our commitment to sharing peace. And so here's where all of this comes together. And why I'm preaching about Memorial Day this week instead of next. Because it feels like, again, for many of us, this week upcoming is a threshold of sorts. I always feel like Memorial Weekend is that little pause between the work year that we've had so far and the beginning of summer. between the first half of the year and the times when we like to get away more often, right? I'm just curious, by show of hands out there, how many of you, whether it's next weekend or at various times throughout the summer, plan on getting away, right? Yes, at some point, right? We've got a number of holidays coming up, whether it would be Memorial Weekend or Juneteenth or the 4th of July, We like using this time in our lives, this summertime, especially as the kids get out of school, to get away, to go and rest, to relax, to recharge, to have an interlude. And it'll be good, very good even, to soak in some of that rest and relaxation. Lord knows that those days and weeks are absolutely important. Amen? But here's what I'm hearing this week. 
That amidst the times away when we find some rest, just like in our reading this morning, Jesus may also be at work in you, preparing you for what is about to come. We have no idea what the remainder of 2023, let alone 2024, is going to look like. Amen? There will be accomplishments and setbacks. There will be sorrows and joys. There will be victories and defeats. There will be triumphs and tragedies on a personal, on a communal, on a national, on a global level. And in all these things, God will be with us, comforting, celebrating with, strengthening, and and being with us no matter what may come. But God will also be preparing us. Preparing us to be God's messengers of the good news. Preparing us to comfort others. Preparing us to work for peace. Preparing us to live with less fear and more generosity. Preparing us to look out for the rights of others. Preparing us to strive for a more just community and world. Interludes are always times when God prepares us for the next adventure. So be on the lookout in these days and weeks to come as this summer begins that as much as you may feel in need of rest and relaxation in those same very moments, God is at work in you. Maybe helping you get that rest and relaxation to prepare you for what's about to happen. Maybe even interrupting those moments of rest because there is need. The other amazing part of today's reading is not only was Jesus praying for his disciples and closest loved ones that night, but if we were to zoom ahead, nine more verses. In verse 20, Jesus says this, I not only ask on behalf of these, but also on behalf of those who will believe in me through their word. Which, I don't know, seems to me like all of you, right? That seems so profound to me. That in that moment before Jesus is about to be arrested, condemned, and crucified, he not only prays for his loved ones, but he prays for you. That all you may do also brings glory to God. That all you might do is protected from the evil one. That you might come to know that God is in you and that you are in God and that together there is nothing that is too big or too powerful that you can't overcome. Did you hear that, dear ones? Today Jesus prays for you. Preparing you for all that will come your way. And so as life continues on, dare I say this, go boldly into the rest of today, tomorrow, and in this week to come, trusting that God is with you, ahead of you, right behind you, within you. And as we take our little interludes and pauses in life, the the thresholds of all that has happened in our past and in between all that is yet to come, 
May you feel Jesus strengthening you and supporting you, loving you and causing you to grow and inviting you into new life each and every day. So no matter where you are at today, whether you find yourself on the exhaustion side of things or the rested side of things, you are going to have moments of in-betweenness, of interludes coming up. And in those moments, soak up that rest and relaxation, but also be aware God is at work in you, getting you ready for whatever comes next. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Let us pray. Oh, Heavenly Father, what a message that you are giving us today. That amidst all of our lives, all that's going on in our lives, (laughs) you were thinking about it almost 2,000 years ago, lifting us up, praying to God that we would be protected, praying to God that we might know all the reasons why Jesus came and come to believe in them. Lord, give us the ability to uh, acknowledge that as we are going through the hardest times in our lives, that you are with us, that you prayed over us in those moments, and that you also prepare us for whatever there is to come. And so today we, we give you thanks for all the ways that you continue to comfort and support us, for all the ways that you give yourself to us, to be with us, in us, and work through us. And we ask for the uh, excitement and passion to want to share that with others. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. I had one of those moments where, you know, I look over at my family and see my kids with their hands up and feeling like, oh my gosh, yeah, this is a really powerful song. And then realizing, no, they're just playing on the screen. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it takes. Yes! It's, it's kind of a win. I'm going to take it. All right. Uh, at this time, I invite all those wishing to become new members who attended our class a few years, uh, sorry, a few weeks ago. Whoa, it's really intense here. It takes years. I invite you to come forward and, uh, you know, hop on up line here. These people have come to us and desire to become members of our family of faith. They've worshipped with us attended our new member class, and have learned what it means to be a Lutheran and a member of King of Kings. Uh, This is just a small portion of them, but at this time, I invite them to introduce themselves. My name is Kathy Faber. What else would you like me to say? That's enough. I live in Shelby Township. You can share how excited you are to know me. No, I'm just kidding. My name is Rich Faber. I'm with Kathy. My name is Stephanie Potts. Perfect. In baptism, we are welcomed into the body of Christ and sent to share in the mission of God. We are called to live among God's faithful people, to hear the word of God and share in the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ through all we say and do, to serve all people, and to follow in the example of Jesus and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth. Sisters and brother. Do you intend to continue in the covenant of your baptism among God's people here in this place? If so, please respond, I do, and I ask God to help me. And now you people of God, you've got a part in this too. 
Do you promise to support and pray for these new members in their life in Christ? If so, please respond. We do and we ask God to help us. Amen. Let us pray. We thank you, Lord, for these new members of our family of faith. By your life-giving power, bind us to each other in you. Strengthen us for service. Support us all our days. And bring us at length to that day when all your children will be one and you will be all in all. We ask all this in your holy and precious name and all of God's people say, Amen. We rejoice with you in the life of baptism. Together we will give thanks and praise to God and proclaim the good news to all the world. We welcome them with our applause. Amen. I encourage all of you uh, after worship to introduce yourselves. And then there will be a test next week for all the people that you met. So (laughs) I invite you to stand as you are able. United in the hope and joy of the resurrection, let us now pray for the church, the world, and for all who are in need. At the end of each prayer, I will say, God of grace, please respond with hear our prayer. Let us pray. God of harmony, as you drew your Son to your side, you draw us to you and unite us with this planet and with one another. Weave your church together in mutual love for the sake of the world. God of grace, hear our prayer. As your spirit hovered over the waters of creation, so your spirit hovers over all that you have made. Bless the water that sustains the planet and grant wisdom to use it wisely. God of grace, hear our prayer. You empower your people with the fire of your spirit. Challenge activists and organizers, teachers and politicians, and all in leadership to speak a message of peace and justice. God of grace, hear our prayer. You care for all your children. Show your steadfast love to those suffering, isolation, especially exiles, refugees, or prisoners. Break the chains of all held fast by systemic oppression of any kind. Comfort all who are afraid or suffering from illness, especially those we name now, either silently or out loud. God of grace, hear our prayer. We give thanks that humankind serves as your body in this world, stewarding your abundant gifts. Guide this congregation's leaders as they seek your will. We pray for our staff and for our council. God of grace, hear our prayer. Receive these prayers, O God, and all those too deep for words. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, as we now pray the prayer he taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. 
We now take a moment to reflect on our week and confess those times when we have failed to live as God calls and invites us to live. I invite you to say these words along with me. God of life, we confess that we are wrapped up in sin and cannot free ourselves. We nurture conflict and build walls. We neglect the needs of our neighbors and ignore the groaning of creation. Have mercy on us. Where we are self-centered, open our hearts. Where we are reluctant, give us courage. Where we are cynical, restore our trust. Renew us with your grace and give us the hope of new life in you. Amen. And now hear these words, dear ones. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given over to die for us. And for His sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by God's authority, I therefore declare unto you the entire forgiveness of all of your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and all of God's people say, Amen. At this time, I invite you to take out your communion cups. Or for those of you joining us online, to grab your bread and wine or juice. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, and it's given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. The body of Christ given for you. Amen. And again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, and it's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. People of God, may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you this morning and keep you always in God's grace. And all of God's people say, Amen. Finally, thank you for all the ways you continue to support our family of faith here at King of Kings, especially financially on your way out. For those of you here, there's offering buckets. For those of you joining us online, there's a QR code at the end. Just use your cameras, uh, your phone's camera. It'll take you right to our website. Just know that everything we do is about helping others grow in their faith and help each other get through life. Amen? Amen. May you now receive this blessing. May the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of His hand. With that, people of God, may you go in peace and share the good news. Thanks be to God.